Hey everybody, we are super pleased to announce our new sponsor, Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. The goal? Power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. And the best part? Marvel Strike Force just reached its six-year anniversary, which means free stuff when you sign up via our unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. Just complete each event, and you'll receive special awards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and every week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. If we have received a unique promo code for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Again, anybody uses that code, it is unique for all new users. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, a podcast about gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Anthony. This is Dan. This is Kim. And this is Chris. Welcome to episode 18. This week, our holiday wish list. Uh, we've put together a few of our must-want, absolutely, I hope this is under the tree kind of games for this episode. This is uh, a little different than our holiday guide, which we did back in November, because that was more of a suggestions, games that you should buy, a lot of which we own or have played recently. These are ones we want to own personally. So, um, we're so going to go, go buy, th- go out there, buy them, pick them up, send them to us. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Your favorite podcast. There are 12 <laughs> games on this list that if we receive, we will say your name on the air in January. That is all I can legally promise you at this time. <laughs> we didn't say be on the podcast, we just say we would say your name. Exactly. Thank yeah, you. I mean, if any developers out there want to send it, I will not refuse that at all. No. We will say your name a lot. We can just have an episode called Fantasy Flight Games. Yes. <laughs> Episode, episode 23, Dear Queen Games, Amerigo is amazing. Thank you for Amerigo. <laughs> On repeat. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, uh, that's the podcast today. We've got, also got a couple games we've uh, played recently, some short ones, one very long one that Kim finally got to the table. So we've actually got a few games out, and uh, this is the last episode before Christmas, so we want to make sure that we have a... Uh, all of these, we'll see what actually next week, we'll see what games we actually got under the tree. But this week, the ones we want. At the table this week. All right, so first up, let's uh, talk about some of the games that did hit our table this week. Not the ones we want, but the ones we have played. Um, I think probably the one everybody's been playing lately is Cheaty Mages, the brand new game from the. AEG. From AEG, yeah, from the guy who did Love Letter and Chronicle, which we talk about all the time because those are staples at the store. Yeah, I mean, the art is crazy reminiscent of Chronicle. Um, it, you know, the illustration style is very similar. What I like about this game is you're going to get a lot out of the box for one of those smaller games. There's a ton of spell cards. You get the coins that you get, you know, from making your wagers. Um, there's going to be ten combatants. There's different judges. Basically, the way it works is... There's going to be five combatants in the arena, and you're going to choose who you're betting on, like a la Dixit, where you have the numbers one through five that you're playing face down on who you think is going to win. And basically, the whole concept is each of these like monsters come in the arena with a fixed number of power to start and how much they're worth if they win. You're going to choose who you bet on. You can cover up to three, which is kind of cool. If you bet on one guy, you're going to get double the prize. You bet on two, you're going to get straight cash. If you bet on three, you're only going to get half. So if you really want to make sure that you're getting coins every turn, you can put the odds really drastically in your favor. You're going to get dealt eight cards with a replenish of three or four based on how many players you got. And you're going to basically be exactly what the title is, cheating mages. You're going to be throwing spells on these guys to help sway the battle to make sure that you're getting the coins in your pocket instead of anyone else at the table. But what's kind of fun is there's cards that get played face down. So someone might be betting on the same guy as you, but you see them put a card face down first, you're like, man, he's trying to hurt my guy. i got to boost him up. So you're playing boosters, and then at the end of the battle, that guy has like 57 power. 
because you both really did bet on that same guy, but you don't know each other, and you're like dispelling cards, not even realizing you're sabotaging yourself in a way. <laughs> but it, it's a really fun game. It's super quick. Kim, you played like how many rounds in this the other night? Um, we played. Well, it's a total of three rounds. You play all together. Um, I've played about three games of this so far. No, four. Because it goes by so quick, and then it's like, hey, you want to do another one? Yeah, sure, why not? All right, so the other thing is the game has these judges, where it'll be that they have a mana limit, so all your spells are going to have a mana cost on them. When that limit is hit, the judge will either dispel all the magic on that guy, like he knows somebody's up to no good and he's going to make it a clean fight, or he's going to eject the fighter. So, you know, you may actually have it where the guy that you bet on gets booted because too many cards are on him by the end of the battle. So all in all, I mean, it's a really fun game. It's pretty interesting. The MSRP, uh, the MSRP is 20 bucks. We found on Mini Market it's about like 14 or so, but for some reason, Cool Stuff Inc. has it for 6.79. They never adjusted the price from the original retail listing of 9.99. So if you are going to get it, get it from there and don't tell them. Buy lots of copies. That's what I did. <laughs> and if they're listening. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, thank you for the copies, but I'm not giving you the difference. <laughs> I've given you several thousand dollars over the last few years. I love your company. I'm keeping the cheap. And a lot of the fun of this game comes into, into play with the spells. So not only do you do, get to put add a positive or do a negative, which affects the players differently. So some of the fighters, like the skeleton, actually does the reverse effect. Yeah, both so, the undead guys. Yeah, so like if that. you put a positive on them, that's actually a negative on them, and vice versa. If it's a like the Minotaur, just throw a positive five, he gets a positive five to it. But you also have the opportunity to actually switch out the fighters, which is pretty fun. So like, hey, this guy's winning, he's going to be great. Oh, I just switched him out to somebody else. Or even switch out the judges, which is great too, because it totally completely changes the game right in the middle of a round. Yeah, the support spells are really fun like that. And one of my favorites is, you know, the judges will also have like for, like the cards that they don't allow. Like they'll stop forbiddens or stop supports. Sure. There's a card invisibility that lets you bypass it. Like you can sneak something past the judge. So one of the judges had no direct cards as being an option. So after the other players were like, I pass, I pass, I pass, I snuck in with the invisibility and landed a huge direct guy just, <laughs> nice. to, make, just to make sure that my guy won. And some of the other cool spells are like an enchantment where it doubles the prize value of the fighter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you put that on the goblin, he's worth 10 because he's like only one strength. You can boost him up to being worth 20 gold if he wins. It's ridiculous, but it's awesome. I mean, my favorite part about it, super quick, great price, and it's really easy to teach this game to people. Yeah, the components are good, the card quality is good, the box is nice, everything fits nice and neat in there, a little rule book kind of explains everything, so you're not going to kind of get lost. Yeah. You sleeve those, that thing is going to be bursting at the seams, though. Yeah, I don't think you need to. You're not really going to handle the cards very much. Yeah. As long as you're not scraping them along a table, I think you're okay. And if, uh, like Dan was saying before, when you think of this game, think of like Love Letter or Chronicle, think of the Japanese version. It has the Japanese artwork to it. It's not the kind of ornate painting type from the oh, yeah, Renaissance era. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I like it better than Chronicle. Which is not uh, saying much. I was gonna say, don't you like everything better than Chronicle? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's not much of a review. That's your munchkin. Yeah. It is increasingly. Munchkin's great. <laughs> I think I think we gotta make a new term for it. Like whenever it's like, cause it's my munchkin. Chris has prayed me like Prunchkin or something like that. <laughs> That'll be the worst game ever made. Yeah, we'll each have our own. We. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is, we played last night. It was fun. We played a couple times. Um, it's not, like, in Chronicle, it felt like every single time I played, the cards were pointless and the game just played itself. <laughs> because, like, hey, I got these cards in my hand. That's None a glowing endorsement. <laughs> well, you, know, you get the cards in your hand, and it's that's the random part of the game, right? But if the winning conditions are so specific every time that your cards never do you any good, then what's the point of playing? This game's not really like that because most of the cards do something positive, and if they don't do something positive, you can do something negative to someone else to make sure nobody scores points. That's fine, too. It, so there's balance there, and it's more fun, and then it's super interactive because you're, you know, you're trying to guess what people are doing. I like that. It's true. Yeah, like, I mean, like Chronicle for me wasn't bad, but I think, again, it's like the people I was playing with. Like, I was having more fun with the table than the yeah. game. Yeah, and I didn't have so, that experience. I had a very quiet group. So <laughs> the game doesn't hold up as much of a game to me if there's people aren't interacting. 
And which... I think I think with this game too, it plays well with a lot of players. Where Chronicle, when we had a lot of players in that game, you were only really playing one card. Yeah. So it was like I have this hand, this great hand of cards. One card, done. Yeah. Or you have a horrible hand of cards, and you're yes. like here's a stupid card. I don't care. Yeah, and, you, and you're just kind of stuck with the, that for the entire game. Yeah. No, I know you didn't like Chronicle too much, but did you like this a lot more? Yes. Well, I've only played Chronicle once, and I didn't understand it, and it just didn't seem to catch my eye, so I didn't really want to play another game. But the Cheating Mages, the first time we played, we played completely wrong, but we had fun with it. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was completely wrong, but I wanted to play it again. It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I like blind bidding. This is cool, too. So, like, that whole dicted aspect is kind of cool. Yeah, I definitely like that part, too. I'm just, I would love to see if, like, um, like Dungeon Roll made an expansion where there's, like, a couple additional hero cards and, like, a little extra treasure, too. I wouldn't mind seeing this, like, you know, the option of, like, maybe a six combatant, like, just add a number six card and a couple of more combatants, a couple of judges, just, like, in the... It'd be interesting, yeah. Like, you know how they have those, like, munchkin packs and, like, um, like they're basically the size of a booster pack of cards? Mm-hmm. Something like that for this game. If they started releasing things like that, it would be great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I definitely would say this is a seven dollar game. Would you say it's worth the full price if you were like in a in a game store and looking at it? For the right game group, yeah. I mean, our friend Earl is really into these small, like you know, like like the small box games, you know, like Poison, Love Letter, you know, all this style, like Chronicle. I know, like when they were playing, that table was going wild. Like you, were, that was the time that you were playing it. We heard the whole table laughing like crazy, going wild. You know, people getting super excited to see if, like, you know, like if their horse was going to win the race, basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the price point I paid for it, man, I, you know, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, that's a killer price. Yeah. Hopefully, it's still there when you're listening to this because it's totally worth it. I mean, assuming your card on cool stuff is close enough to 100. <laughs> you just order 15 copies of this game and hit the hundred dollars. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sell them out of the back of your truck for 12 bucks a piece. <laughs> yeah. So definitely check that out. Yeah, it's definitely a buy. If you haven't if you haven't picked this up before, plays with a lot of people. Very simple, very accessible, but it has enough, just enough fantasy element to it that you actually feel like it it's playable over multiple different realms. All right. So what else did we play this week? We got to try the new Talisman expansion. Uh, well, not new, but the new one I got, uh, the City expansion, which um, we bought oh so long ago, and it's very hard to find the right people to play it with because uh, when you hear talisman just people go running in the wrong direction for some reason yeah that's what I've always heard I've never played until last night so I didn't like I had negative connotations but I never played so I wasn't like oh, I hate this game and I don't run away from roll and move games necessarily So, I, well that's what a lot of people have a problem with it's, it's a game from ages back and it's a roll and move so a lot of people hear that and they're like pass and that's the end of the story yeah the fact that it's made a little bit longer by the with every other roll and move game, you need to land exactly here to go to this spot. You need to land exactly here to do this thing. You need to land exactly here to be able to go to that inside part. And then from there you have to do exact things. That throws a lot of people off. Like Talisman is a game of epic time. And with every expansion, it keeps adding on and on because there's even more and more to do. Yeah, it was pretty uh, interesting. I didn't dislike it. I think I was getting... Halfway through the game, I was not having the best time of my life. Because <laughs> what happened? I got some follower. You were follower, miserable. <laughs> Poltergeist follower, I think, where I could only move one space at a time. It was like every and, card you drew, it wasn't monsters, or it was just bad things. It was like, oh, you I know. I had three bad followers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a hurricane comes by and blows all your gear off you. You have this haunted follower. No, that was a spell. Came, oh, yeah, that was a spell. I had to play it. I haven't been playing it. Because usually the people that I pick to play Talisman, I, it's usually none with spells. So I wanted to try someone who does spells. Because I know this one here, Dan... He always plays ones that dispels, and he's playing a spell on everybody. So I wanted to do something that does a spell. Yeah, he had a ton of spells. Yeah, he crazy. had he had no items though to get rid of, and you had that rod. I had, I had four like items. items. Yeah, yeah, but I only needed one of the four, and I was the one that got blown <laughs> away because I had already had the poltergeist follower, which means I could only move one space per turn, and I had to cross the river to get rid of it. I finally got an axe, and I was going to go to build a raft, and then she blew away my. You had to move. Axe. Yeah, you had to move like seven squares. So every turn, you're like, and I move here, and I move here. These things happen. And that was like, you know, that was like a ten minute cycle. You were just stuck, not moving. Oh, it was more than ten minutes. That was like an hour. Because <laughs> I went from like one corner to the other and back because I got that axe and then I lost it. 
Yeah, it's like, I mean, so for those that never played or always wondering, like, Talisman, it has, like, a little of the D&D theme, where it's like, you know, you're fighting monsters, doing quests, going for spells. What's kind of cool is Fantasy Flight updated it. The miniatures are awesome. Yeah, they are. They're, like, Descent-style quality. Uh, like, you know, there's pretty good sculpts in the miniatures. Um, classic Fantasy Flight, mini mini cards. That'll be for your monsters, your gear, and everything else. The whole goal is, in the base game, you're trying to get the Crown of Command. And apparently by Crown of Command, they mean murder everyone else on the board, because once you get it, you just basically start nuking other players with death rays until everyone dies off, and then you're the only person left. But in every expansion, they start adding new variants, new ways of winning, new conditions. So you could actually vary the game up, and they do give you like quicker time rules. Like in this game, you have a couple of stats that you can level up, like variants let you like need less points to level them up, or you start with more stuff. They even have uh, one variant where the first one to reach the crown of command and has like X amount of gold just wins flat out. Yeah, there's like there's these other conditions that came with the city where it's like the merchant's guild, you need the gold and like um you know, like the the fighters guild where if you reach it with a certain amount of equipment you automatically win. So instead of doing that pacing out where you're trying to kill the other players, because if another player somehow actually makes it to where you are, then they get to start fighting you and if they kill you they get the crown, and then they start nuking the other players. So it's kind of like usually always a an end game of it goes from like a style of everyone keeps playing where even if you die, you get a new character, to at the end, it's player elimination. So it almost becomes Monopoly at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I have to say, because when I first played this game, like Anthony, I had the worst luck. Um, I kept losing all my items. I got no spells. And I got some of the followers like he had. Like, I got the hag, where I can't get rid of her, the poltergeist. And I got turned into a toad three times. So for nine rounds, I was stuck as a toad, moving only one one spot at a time. Was it and easy being green? No, it wasn't. No. no. I see what you did there. It's murder in that game, yeah. being green. <laughs> now I need to find a little miniature of Kermit the Frog and... Every time you turn into a toad. Because what's awesome is they have the toad card and they have a miniature for the toads. Cool. But I can if I can find one of Kermit the Frog, yeah. it could be like, you turned into a frog, and then just have that. Hopefully with him playing a banjo, that's just Well, cool. yeah, if you're going to get Kermit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, like, what, what I think about that game is if you're super competitive... And there's someone who's like like easily like laid back and just want to enjoy a good game. I think Talisman is not good for the competitive people because someone who's like laid back and just wants to enjoy the game, that's what's gonna make you hate the game. Because like uh, I could be more cutthroat and send all my spells just to you just because you have all the items instead of doing some spells to Dan. Because remember when I did the. He only rolls one die. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I, I feel like with that, if you're going to play Talisman, it's if you want to play a competitive game, get people who are competitive. If you want to just enjoy the game for what it is, just kind of get people who aren't into that competitive mode. You know? I mean, the one thing for me is, like, I don't know if you can actually really play Talisman competitive because it's not, like... The game is all dice rolls. Combat, die roll, spells, like roll a die for this, potions. Like, we got potions where it's like, roll a die to heal because it might be poison. <laughs> so it's like, first, and the fact that all I the potions the- have it. Yeah, me too. And I was like, this is the worst alchemist shop in the world. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we made another batch of poison. Uh, label it strength potion, giant potion, and summoning potion. Just, it's, But it's all poison. We were both down to one health at one point, and I was like, well, I gotta use my potion. And I'm like, if I roll a one, the game's over. Yeah, I felt like it was like, uh, you know, it reminded me of that episode of The Simpsons, Duff Brewery, where it's just one tube of poison going to five different <laughs> bottles at the end. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, like, the only, like I said, the only thing is with the competitive nature, because if you land on the same square as another player, you can fight them. Sure. But nothing can mitigate your die rolls. So... If they're anywhere from one to six squares away, that's exactly how many chances you have of actually landing on them. Yeah. You know, and then even then, you're like, ah, oh, I, I finally got you. Dice rolls, let's fight. Like, let's fight. So there's a lot of luck factor. But the game sounds very thematic, though. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's fun. But if you're looking for a game where you can employ a deep strategy, Talisman's just going to mess with your head because it's yeah. random think, card draw, random die. I think that's the biggest caveat. 
you know, the people talk about, oh, I don't like Talisman, this and that. I don't think it's a bad game. I think what it is is that if you're going in wanting to, like, think and plan out your strategies and have practice thinking through all these things, like games we talked about, America or Canterbury or Spirium, yeah. it's not even close to that kind of game. Yeah. It's as close as you can get to just, you know, I would almost say it's, like, a, not a party game because it's... But, it's, like, beer and pretzels, get a pizza. You're sitting around, you're talking, maybe the TV's on because you don't really have to pay that much attention. Yeah. You know, you can get up and go to the bathroom, come back, and be like, what happened? I rolled and I moved. It's not... And it could take eight hours that way, and you'd all have fun with it, but... And it's also a case of, like, what the other players are doing is... doesn't have a huge influence on you. Yes, I mean, you could totally just sit around and play this while the TV's on, you know, on Sunday during football or on a holiday or really just, you know, with your friends in a, in a dorm room or whatever... Some are totally chill and laid back. You know, if you're not into super thinking heavy-duty games or if you're not up for role-playing that night, if you don't want to whip out your D&D books, Talisman's great. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, there's very little player interaction, like unless somebody hits you with a spell or lands on your square to fight you. You know, you don't have to pay super close attention because even if somebody does get to, like, that inner ring and starts to get closer to the end... If you don't have the stats or you're not ready, you're just not ready. And if you rush towards them, you're just going to get murdered and yeah. die out anyway. So Yeah, totally. Yeah, but it's good. You know, afterwards, Kim, you asked me if I hated it. And I'm like, no, I don't hate it. Only I hated it for like 20 minutes, but I got over it. <laughs> Only because there's so many bad so. stuff that happened yeah. to you. If that had been literally the entire experience, <laughs> this might be one of those, first time I played it sucked, I'm never playing it again. I think that's something that can happen for a lot of people too, yeah. where it's maybe their first game, they didn't really grasp it, somebody flew up in stats. Because, I mean, if you kept getting a couple of bad cards and a couple of bad dice rolls, you were like, this game is terrible. Why were like, I mean, we started calling it, like, the Agricola of adventure games. Like, we were saying it's, it's Misery, <laughs> Misery Quest. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Every time I rolled, Misery Quest. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got another follower that's destroying me. Misery Quest. Oh, I just lost another life. Misery Quest. What was cool is uh, when I played this game with you guys, this is the first time I actually got lucky. Like, I got items that I wanted or needed. I got a follower who was able to get me gifts for defeating certain people. Yeah, you doubled up. You had the character that was giving you something every time you defeated a creature, and then your follower was giving you something, too. So, yeah. I mean, you were just flying ahead, but you unfortunately just got locked up with a dragon and a couple of other big guys. And Yeah. yeah. Five I mean, minutes later, it's... a big pile of loot on the floor. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a talisman. I'd play it again. I think it's awesome. Uh, I think it's fun, and there's so many expansions that if I want to try this out. Yeah, I mean, eventually Talisman can take up, like, a full banquet hall table, I think, if yeah. you had all the expansions. The city adds a whole bunch of cards for the shops. Then there's also, like, the Dragon expansion, the Dungeon expansion, the Reaper expansion, the Frostmarch expansion. So you'll have, like, 35 stacks of cards on your table. You'll have a board with three add-on boards. It's like Battlestar size once you have everything set up. Yeah. It seems more like a, just a game experience than, like, you're actually playing a game to win. Yeah, you gotta have a free night and order a couple of pizzas and. Yeah, and you can't care if you win or lose, because you could totally just get destroyed and have nothing to do with anything you did except bad dice rolls. So I haven't played this yet. It's, it's this, it seems like it fits a little bit more along the lines of like Arabian Nights. Um, not so much. Like it's since like uh, you know, every time you land on a square, it'll tell you to like draw a card, draw two cards, do this, do that. So by the way, um. Yeah, you just you're gonna be rolling like a thousand d sixes by the end of the night. <laughs> That's one other thing too. But uh, yeah, I mean it's really simple. It's really easy. The good news is, if um if everyone's kind of on ball in the game, the turns can go a lot quicker. We've seen games where it's like nine turns took like an hour. Wow. Because you know everyone's like going back and forth and talking. No one's as long as you know when it's your turn. You have like that d six in your hand, and it's like Chris, you go bam. All right, I move five spots. Uh, just move me left. Yeah, and you have to say when your turn's done, because some people have extra stuff they can do with their followers or whatever. Yeah. So if you don't say, my turn is done, and someone's just sitting there waiting, are you done? Yeah, okay, then they're going to start talking to somebody else at the table, yeah. and then 10 minutes will go by. But Because the other thing is, whenever you move, it's not straight path, it's left or right on the main board. So, you know, if some people will be like, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, okay, I draw a card. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, or I can draw a card. If you just go, yeah, just keep moving me left, I don't care. The game's going to go really quick, and then you'll see the progression go faster. Yeah. If you see someone keep looking back and forth, and, like, sometimes, you know, AP can hit uh, any time. If it hits in this game, you, you just got to kick them in the shin. It's not a game that should ever <laughs> make your decisions mean that much. You play quick, this game could be a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see somebody with Monopoly, PTSD, steering color of this, 
like you know if they had a dice throwing incident with grandma yeah maybe you don't want to play talisman also but, knows every game of monopoly ever yeah right <laughs> but i mean some people legitimately like or tolerate monopoly and a lot of people really like this theme and i think anybody who is not in the diehard hate roll and move games could like this yeah, I mean, I want to I want to try to get a big man game of this going at some point, and actually try to do like a two house rules. Um, do it where two people opposite ends of the table going at the same time, so two players will be moving and advancing, so the game is going quicker in your turns. And the other one love is everyone of the same alignment. If anyone on that alignment wins, that whole alignment wins. So this way, switching your alignment would mean a little more, and you actually care if you're neutral or good, as opposed to it only meaning something on one square. Yeah, that'd be cool. Speed things up a little bit too, and you'd help people, so you'd target specific people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, and no, I'm glad you own it. I don't know about. I might pick it up. You know, if I was going to pick it up, it'd be for the minis. Yeah, I don't know how often <laughs> I'd play this with Margaret, but um, but it, it the components look pretty great. But I'm glad you guys own it because I definitely would like to play it again. Uh, the only thing I would have loved to seen is it's a fantasy flight game. I would love if they ever made an extended descent kit to use these minis and like those characters in the Descent world. Like they did it for Runebound and the other games. I would love to see it for this. But I mean, it's not in the same world as yeah. all those games, so I guess not, but come on Fancy Flight, just throw me a bone. More crossover, more minis. <laughs> Give me even more stacks of cards that people will not go through because they just go, yeah, dwarf, whatever I'm in. Yeah. But yeah, Chris, we gotta get you at the table for this one one time sometime, see what you think of it. Yeah, sounds fun. It, it's definitely a bucket list game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I played it. It's been one of those things people have been telling me to play for, I don't know, 10 years. Okay, so this week I got to play a Christmas-themed game. We played 12 Days of Christmas, which is originally a Kickstarter from last year in 2012. And it's a really simple trick-taking game where you're going to have what they call gift cards. And the gift cards are related to the 12 Days of Christmas. So you're going to have one card for the Partridge and the Pear Tree. There are two cards for Turtle Doves, three cards for French Hens, so forth and so on. So you have this really large deck of cards that are going to be passed out to each player. And then at the beginning of each round, you're going to take one of these gift cards and give a gift to somebody else to your left, actually passing the card around. And we were saying, Merry Christmas, here you go, which was obviously a really bad card to the next player. And they were always really happy to receive that terrible card. Now, with this trick-taking game, the lowest card wins the trick. So obviously you want to have the low cards in your hand. But at the end of the game... Whoever has the most of each card will also be able to score that card. So if I have six 12s in my hand, I'll be able to score 12 points. So there's a little bit of a back and forth. What do you want to do? You want to get rid of the high cards because you won't win the tricks. But at the same time, if you keep the low cards, yeah, that'll kind of help you win the tricks, but you're not going to score those bonus points at the end of the game. Now, in addition to that, there's going to be holiday cards. That'll be 1 through 12. So when you're winning the trick, you're not actually winning the cards, but you're winning the holiday card in the middle. So it starts up, starts at 1 and goes all the way up to 12. So you'll, you'll win 1 point, you'll win 2 points, so forth and so on. In addition to the gift cards, there are also Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus that are 0 points. Now if you play one of those cards, what you'll be able to do is win the trick, because obviously nothing's lower than a 0, but you'll have to give that card as a gift to somebody else in the game. So if you see somebody else is doing pretty poorly, of course you do what Santa would do, is pass along the gifts to somebody else. It's a really quick game, it's really fun. The artwork has that kind of um, stained glass look to it. So in some cards it's absolutely beautiful, and in some cards, um, in particular Santa Claus, Mrs. Claus, they look a little bit harsh, because they're probably kind of <laughs> dark and cut. Um, plays really fast, really fun. Plays best with five people, so you can kind of kind of pass the cards around a little bit. But the one downfall of this game is the card quality is awful. I think we played through two games and the cards started to warp. Ooh. So sleeve it the second time. You have to sleeve it. Don't even, don't even play through it the first time. Just sleeve the game. Because I don't think that you want any moisture, any touching on this game at all. Because otherwise you're going to be really disappointed with it. That's unfortunate. I guess you're only going to bring it out like once a year, but still. <laughs> Pretty much. What was the price on the game? I think it was fifteen dollars, so it's Ooh. it's. It's not bad. Tricky. No, I'm saying for cards that fall apart, oh, yeah. the mere touch of your skin. And there's another component; it's just a deck of cards, right? That's pretty much it. Ugh. So you, you get the main deck with the gift cards, and you have the holiday cards, which each day are there coasters. Holiday coasters. There's not coasters. <laughs> they look like wreaths. Now you'd probably be able to pick this up cheaper online, but you know, for a quick holiday kind of trick-taking game that you can play with anybody, 
we actually had a good time playing it, surprisingly enough. It's worth the play. I wouldn't say buy, especially that the component quality is so poor and that there are better trick-taking games. But if you're looking for something quick and easy and something somewhat holiday-themed, it's worth picking up, at least, you know, for once or twice at play. I'm willing to try anything once. Although you say trick-taking. And... <laughs> Your favorite. Yeah. Now, like I said, better trick-taking games out there. If you're looking for something with a holiday theme, something to give to the family, maybe a stocking stuffer, you know, if you could pick it up for 10 it's probably kind of worth a play. I need a holiday theme game that just, like, skins over something else. Like Talisman, the North Pole edition. There you go. Or I something that. like that. Because then you can play, you can be thematic and still kill things and not, I don't know, just... They're all so light. All these holiday games are so light. Granted, it's uh, not a board game on Xbox Arcade. They recently had for Saints Row 4, How the Boss Saved Christmas. Where See, that's cool. They actually have a Santa-themed DLC just for that. <laughs> I, I want to play that game, but the DLC almost is more interesting to me than the game. Oh, I'm sure the game's amazing, but... It is one of the most fun things you can ever get. i got to play through the game first. All right, so that's everything we played this week. Or not. One more thing. Or not. There was actually... Uh, you know, because I've been getting more and more into the hero clicks. Recently started the Avengers vs. X-Men uh, storyline for the tournament series. So what's pretty cool is they have an X-Men starter pack and an Avengers starter pack. And that'll give you everything you need. It'll give you chips, the six characters, maps, tokens, all that. But what's pretty cool is you can check with your local game store if they run the hero clicks tournament, if you've ever been interested in playing. Every week that they run it, you'll be choosing one team to be with. And every store will have different rules on what it is. Some of them will be you can only use people from this set. Others will be constructed. Others will be sealed, whatever. But what's cool is if you get a chance, check into your local areas because they have this awesome Phoenix sculpt that goes to the first 20 players. This thing looks awesome. It is huge. You got to see it, Anthony. I like those the bonus sculpts, too. Yeah, you were trying to get me in just to get that, and I almost did it because it looked awesome. It I don't even amazing. play this game, really. I have a ton of clicks that you guys have given <laughs> You're me. You're 500, but you never play yeah, the game. Yeah, I don't play the game. <laughs> but I was in the middle of an RPG, so I didn't want to jump out just to get a free hero click. Yeah, well, they're going to, like our local store, it had a smaller turnout for the beginning, so they're going to do a second run of it. I want to jump in the second time they do it just so I can get one to set up in my game room as a sculpt on the shelf. Ooh. Yeah, because it does look nice. Are they giving away something awesome like that every month? Or is it just the first month? Well, the way that these organized tournaments go is they always run six months. Yeah. The first one, they give you something awesome. Like this one is a Phoenix sculpt. Fear itself, they gave you um, the Book of Skulls, which is like a temple that had all these little spots in it. And then every series after that, you're going to get prizes that go on that object. So in this series, you're going to be getting like phoenix immolations of people it starts out where you get namor and cyclops and as time goes on you'll be getting more and more guys that go around the phoenix there's five of them right yeah yeah that's cool so do you know when the next one is has they announced it yet um i didn't see what the next one is going to be but the final prize at the end for the top players is the dark phoenix cyclops and it looks insane. It's a huge sculpt. He's in the middle of the, you know, the phoenix itself. It it is an amazing looking piece. I mean, it's just something that you would love to have on a shelf. It looks yeah. cool as can be. It does look cool. Did they say when they're going to redo the uh, first month with the extras? Um, our local game store is going to be running it in January. Okay. I think probably right before they run the second event in it to get yeah. people to be motivated. Maybe I'll hop in on that. Yeah. I do want that Phoenix. It looks cool. Yeah, I mean, and it and it's really fun to play. Like I like the the Avengerverse X Men storyline. I never knew too much about, but I jumped on Wikipedia to see how it was going, what the storyline was. I mean, it's pretty cool. Like you know, because they're also doing that for the the Marvel Dice game that's coming out. Yeah. It's gonna be the same storyline, Avengerverse X Men. So, I mean, it looks pretty cool. I do like the idea of, okay, you know, like, these six people, like, this week you'll be using this guy, or this week you'll be using this team. It's a fun thing, like I said. I mean, I've been getting more and more into the Hero Clicks. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And this Avenger vs. X-Men thing was just such an awesome prize for the first month. Yeah. What was the um, the winning prize? It was like a cable, right? Yeah, it was a cable who, besides having awesome powers, uh, like, I think he has this thing for the Avengers where it's like, I'll hunt you all. Where anyone that has the Avengers keyword on your opponent's team, he gets bonus to hit them and stuff like nice. that. Yeah. So. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so he's like, you know, I mean, if you ever play in an area that does Constructed, he would be that much better for AVX. I can't wait for the Yu-Gi-Oh! ones to come out. Oh, those they push awesome. us back? Yeah. yeah, the starter set's going to come out um, this Wednesday. Oh, really? Yeah. So guess what I'm getting this Wednesday? Yeah, and, right. Uh, it doesn't count as a game. It's embargo. allowed on the embargo. Embargo! No, no, no. I noted. Hero clicks are still on the table. <laughs> 
That's okay. I don't think any of us are going to buy you Hero Clicks. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that would be the, dangerous. Uh, but the <laughs> expansions <laughs> come out. Well, this is this is how dangerous it is. The expansions come out in January. I already pre-ordered a box of it. I got a box of that and a box of the um, the Superman set that's coming out. The new the, Superman set. Yep. Which from again movie, has right? awesome. No, it's not from the movie. It's actually um, it's called like Superman and the Legion of Heroes hmm. or something like that. Where they got some awesome looking guys in that set. Like, there's going to be an awesome doomsday. They showed both the Riddler and Enigma as a detective. Oh, cool. Yeah, and there's, a, again, like, that set looks really awesome. I love the idea of, like, the alternate sculpts of people. So I ordered myself a case. It was just a little under the shipping needed. Added a box of the Yu Gi Oh! boosters. Hit free shipping! So, so in January, I'm going to be tearing open tons of plastic to get tons of plastic. So that should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> And see if you can pull the ultra mega mighty rare. Oh yeah! Again, of course. I love doing that. Yeah. Got myself a Hyperion. I was super happy. Got myself uh, like eight of the ten rings for that power generator. I got a you know a tournament back. That was pretty awesome. I just love the looks on people's faces in the store when you do that. You're like, give me that one. Oh, here's the best one you could possibly get. No reason to buy any more, guys. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, it's that yellow lantern ring, man. Every time I wear that thing, I get the best looking packs. People believe in, like, you know, like, oh, these are my lucky boxers. I got my lucky sock. I got my lucky tail belt. I have a lucky, stupid, plastic yellow lantern ring that somehow brings me luck. Fear ring. It is the fear. All right, so that's everything we played this week. Um, next up, we're going to talk about the stuff we want other than Hero Clicks for Christmas. <laughs> is there other things besides Hero Clicks to want? Yes. For the, for the rest of us. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Amerigo. Ooh, Amerigo. Acquisition Disorder Corner. So this year is my first year uh, as a board gamer, so I had a hard time with my Christmas list. And we probably all did. Um, I, I don't even know if my wife got me any board games, honestly, because it was just too hard to like organize everything. But last week, Dan, you said, let's get together and put together like our top three or four games that we want under the tree this year. So I narrowed everything down on my list, and I came up with three. I think we all did. So we're going to share those. These are the ones we want, personally, not even as a group, just individually. These are our top picks for this year. So I don't know who wants to go first, but we all have at least three games, some of us more that we've... I'll go first. Ladies first, why not? I'm a lady. Okay. Um, Number one on my list would have to be the Adventure Time card game that they said was going to come out in, what, December? Yeah, it should be coming out soon. We, we keep seeing release date December, release date December. I want it out now. That thing does look awesome. Yeah. We've got like a week left. I, I can't wait for that. I, I really want to see how that plays. Because I saw the episode when they played Card Wars, and it was awesome. So I know it's silly, but that's the reason why I want to play it so bad. Just to see how they interpret that card game in the show, and the show itself, into an actual game people can play. All I know is no matter what, I'm going to kill your pig. No, I'm going to kill my pig. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, and then the second one would have to be the Talisman Dragon expansion. Which I heard a lot of good things about that. All right. So there are like six expansions for this game. What makes that one in particular? Well, first, um, it's a dragon. Well, yeah, it does. But who would not want to have a dragon expansion? And the cover on it has a dragon. So I thought... <laughs> the dragon expansion comes with dra- Tell me more. No, no, the talisman box. The, the, oh, the core box. Yeah, the core okay. box. It has a dragon on it. So like that's what actually what piqued my interest. It's like, ooh, there's a dragon. And yet, when you play the game, there's no dragon. Oh, there was that dragon card that stomped into the ground the other night. Yeah, but there's one little dragon card, and he was green. He, he wasn't red like that one. <laughs> yeah, he did. But the, yeah, the the dragon is another one of those bigger expansions that come with like the add-on board. Oh, so it's a new board. Like, yeah, just a layer, like the city. Like a dragon. It's layer. another corner that gets oh, added cool. on. And so, are there four? Can you like wrap around the board? I think there's three. Yeah, I don't There's think they made city, that one yet. City, dungeon, and dragon, right? Yeah, I know that. I know. I saw the dungeon and the dragon one uh, online. Um, they're probably gonna make a fourth one. Like, cause it, which one was the newest one? Oh yeah, I, I don't Recently, know the order that they came a... out. Yeah, when did they? When did Fantasy Flight reprint Talisman? Five years ago? A couple, yeah, a couple years back. And I mean, they got like four or five small box expansions and the three big box expansions. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they've been really steady with Turning that. Turning them out, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, if if there's any like dragonborn classes, like dragon, like half dragon men or something like that, that would be pretty awesome for that expansion. And if they have a dragon, a dragon sculpt, 
That would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, they better have dragon sculpt. It's like they have the death sculpt for the. Uh, the Death Reaper. Extension. And it should be huge. Expansion. It should be like this big. Oh, God. Use your clockwork dragon. Did you ever paint that thing, man? Let's use that. It's almost done. Oh. I just inked it nice. yesterday, so I just need to dry brush it. Nice, nice, nice. So the third one, uh, third game I would like to get would be the dungeon roll. So the second time I played it was with Sherry, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. I want this game. Yeah. It'd be on my list, too, if I hadn't already picked it up. I might put the uh, expansions on my stocking list. It seems like it's a fun game, very light. I don't know if I'd want it. Maybe? I don't know. I played it more than I think I would. Like, it just, you know, Margaret, you want to play a game real quick? Dice. Done. But, I mean, it's I don't have any other dice games like that. Yeah, it seems like it'd be a lot of fun as, like, a one-player solo kind of game. People do that. I was looking at the forums. People play it solo. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, the other person's not really doing anything. I mean, sure, they could roll, roll for the monsters, but yeah, really, yeah. what's the point? So you kind of play by yourself, then the other person plays. So really a solitaire game, really, even if you play with a group of people. Yeah. It's Have fun, you, though. It's more, it has more depth than a, like a normal dice game. Does it just play with two, or is it more than that? Yeah, it's like four or five, right? You can play. Is it four? Yeah, I think it's four. That might, that's got to have a lot of downtime. I know it's a fast game, but kind of since it's a press-your-luck element, you could play a couple of rounds, and the other three that's people true. are waiting They're their doing turn. anything, yeah. Yeah. But... I agree. It's cool. Also, it'll look awesome wrapped up. I'm trying to figure out what it is. Stick a bow on it. It's got it's got a nice box to it. So, Chris, what's on your list? All right, for my Christmas list this year, um, I have some interesting choices. One game that I'm not sure it's either going to be the greatest game or the worst game, but it looks great. But the Kickstarter was kind of crazy. Is Euphoria. So, if you had a chance to check out this game on Kickstarter, Euphoria is this dystopian future game where your dice are going to be your workers, and you'll roll the dice. And that'll actually tell you how much knowledge they have about the world. And there's a whole bunch of different political, psychological interplay going on here. It is a classic Euro where you're going to be worker placement game. You're going to be placing your workers, getting abilities, getting resources. So there is a mechanic where you want to kind of build your society up. But at the same time, if the population knows too much about what's going on in the other parts of the world, it works against you. So... A nice, interesting mechanic, definitely a different theme. We haven't really seen this before in very many games at all. So I'm really looking forward to this. The Kickstarter actually hit at least, I think, 95% of its goals, its stretch goals. So the, it has amazing components, a lot of different little chits, and a ton of cardboard, and a ton of wood in this game. So it looks fun. Looks could possibly be great, but... Hard to tell. Yeah, it's... It's one of the, it's like one of the few board games I saw that really exploded its goals. Like you see a lot of things, miniature games, RPGs sometimes just go way over the limit. This one was off the charts. Mm. Does that have like as much wood as Terra Mystica? I think it actually might. And I think the thing with this game really hasn't gotten out to the bigger market, so you haven't seen reviews of it. It hasn't been in the stores yet, but the stores are selling it now with a lot of the Kickstarter goals in it. So it's definitely something to put on a wish list because it could either, you know, the Fingers crossed, actually, it will be a great game. And the tech line for that, wasn't it like Build a Better Dystopia? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I like that idea. It looked really cool. I was on the fence right at the end. Uh, I know our friend Brian kickstarted it. I don't know if we'll see Cause, him. Because it was on Kickstarter? Of course. <laughs> so I'm hoping that gets dumped on our review porch soon. I want to I want to kickstart Kickstarter too, just so he'll back me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a great Kickstarter, and I'm glad it met all, met all its goals. It just it didn't have enough... Um, videos and reviews and gameplay out there and since it, you know a lot of the stretch goals were components at the time you weren't seeing really anything of quality being shown in the game so it's kind of hard to back something without any physical representation any visual art that was of any quality and any of gameplay that was of any quality that's the only thing that stopped me because when I saw that tagline I'm like this sounds awesome but that's all I had to go on just something that sounded awesome nothing else yeah. Like, even just seeing some of the game, I might have been inclined. Like, that's what got me to go for that first one, the Magnum Opus. Because I was like, all right, I see the cards, I see the grid, but... Like I said, it sounds awesome, though. I'm, I'm hoping that you do find that under your tree this year. Well, I think it actually has an, more wood than an actual tree, so... <laughs> it is your tree. <laughs> it is your tree. Yeah. <laughs> you start whittling. <laughs> so another game that I'm hoping to see is um, it's called Yido. It is another worker placement game, and they, they talk about this game as being a more complex Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah, I heard good things about this one. Yeah, so you're looking at Japan in the 
in the 1600s and you're trying to rule these rule Edo or as we know we're talking Yedo um, and there's an, it has a lot of complexity a lot of great components the artwork is beautiful on it it seems really interesting this is going to be a long game we're talking about a two or three hour game so it's one of those games where if it plays really well and it's a lot of fun you're going to be happy just to sit through it if not, it could be a little bit of a drag because it is definitely a longer work replacement game, probably along the lines of um, Agricola. Ooh. So it's definitely for your more of your hardcore gamers there. Seems a lot of fun. Hopefully it plays really well too. And the last game is an, actually another long game because I think these are all these long games for like the real gamer kind of set. Um, is Dominaire. And this is set in the Tempest universe and we talked about this earlier too. Um, Drew actually broke this out. Beautiful board, area control, where you're using influence to influence different parts of the Tempest universe. And you'll actually get different players that'll provide you with actions and abilities. This game does take a little bit long because as the game goes on, you'll be adding more and more players' abilities to the game. So by the seventh round, you're actually looking at a lot of different abilities. A lot of fun, great artwork. If you like the Love Letter artwork, this game is perfect for you because it has the same characters and the same abilities. Once again, this game does play a little long, so my list is not only to actually have these games under my tree, but actually to have the gamers willing to sit through and play these games <laughs> because these are your heavy, heavier variety of games. Do you have to be under the tree too playing? I, that would be fun, I guess. So you get, get some pine smell as you're playing the game. We should play that Woodman uh, game. Yeah, Tok Tok Woodman. With the tree. With the tree. With the tree. I have an axe in my garage. They could have a Christmas version of that. It should be a Christmas tree. Yeah, right? That would be awesome. Little ornaments on top. They actually break when you fall. Million dollar idea. I'm telling you. That's actually a great idea. It could have been a Christmas version. Why not? We were just dissing Christmas games for being so dry. That'd be awesome. That would be great. All right. My list is two games that literally just hit the stores online um, that honestly I would have had on my Christmas list earlier had they been out but they I've been keeping my eye on them like all year first up Battlelore the new second edition of Battlelore Fantasy Flight just put out um, I've picked up Battles of Westeros I don't know a couple months ago which is you know Battlelore skin and read up on the rules I've been painting those that looks interesting but this just looks like to the next level because, um, you know, Fantasy Flight goes in, they streamline the rules, they take out some of the stuff that slows the game down, they increase the quality of the components, they do all this stuff that just makes the game, you know, just you want to hold everything and play it, con you know, it's, it's Fantasy Flight. Plus, it, I mean, it just comes with two armies, it's a two-player game, but you know there's going to be the other two, because this isn't Terranoth with the four factions. You know there's going to be the other two, you know there's going to be expansions, who knows if they'll maybe they'll find a way to make it four player. I don't know. It just looks ridiculously cool. Yeah, I mean, it's like when we talked about that episodes back, it looked awesome. I was like, this is something huge on my radar. I was hoping that Undead would have been one of the sides in that game because that's what I love to use in Runebound and Rune Wars and all those. But still, I mean, it looks awesome. I, I'm I'm hoping you get it just so we can be going against each other. I know. I saw some people playing at the stores. It's the same Rune War sculpts, just a little larger and a little more solid. And that makes me so happy because yeah, I painted up some of those Rune Wars sculpts and they were tough. Yeah, no droopy swords, no droopy uh, yeah. axes or anything. So it looks really, really good. Yeah, I want this game. It came out just a little too late though. That's tough. Which is tough for Fantasy Flight too. Usually they get the stuff out a little early, but, but you know, like yeah. you can't order it online now because it won't be here in time for Christmas. That's yeah. tough. Plus, my self-imposed embargo is actually working against me with the release of this thing. Yeah, if there was no embargo, I'd already have this. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Um, the other game that just came out, I think like the same day it actually hit, was Nations. Mm. Um, and this is that Civ Builder game we talked about a couple weeks ago. So I've had my own Civilization, the board game, for a while. And then this game looks like it just takes that kind of component idea and just like blows it up even bigger. It's a massive Civilization building game, you know, multiple generations, multiple different paths to victory, that victory point cool. styles. Um, it was really big in Essen this year. And it's available, it's sitting there. Bargo! But... <laughs> It looks awesome. It's definitely, and it's it's one of those long games. I think it said, I don't know if it said 40 per person or f an hour per person. Like Agricola? Yeah, it's long. And it's, I don't know if it plays four or five players, but it's, um, you know, it would go it would go well with the, 
the games on Chris's list, I think. <laughs> it's one of those games that you really need, it needs to be long, so you can actually see a nation kind oh, of develop yeah. and, and really kind of get involved in. And I would love to play it, too, because I'm one of those guys who would sit, I'd start up Civilization 2, you know, in high school and play through until the end when everything died or you won, you somehow won. You know, that would be like six hours in front of the computer. So I don't, I, I like the arc, just the whole arc from hunters and gatherers to nuking each other over, you know, or diplomacy and the new ones, whatever. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of great video games that did that, and it's nice to see that they're actually taking another crack at it again, another big Civilization game, because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and I would, honestly, I'd be happy if I got Civilization, the board game, too, because that looks equally awesome, and that's Fantasy Flight, too. But um, just that whole theme, I want a game like that, and this one looks like probably one of the better ones out there. Yeah, definitely. Components look great for it. Oh, yeah, they're awesome. Um, my third game, another massive game that is on my Christmas list because I don't know if I would ever buy it for myself because I don't know if we get it to the table, is uh, Twilight Imperium. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Go for the big ones. But uh, we don't. I don't have a lot of sci-fi games. We were just talking about this. A lot of the games that have like some of the best-looking components, the most energy and work put in them are fantasy-themed. And it makes sense just that historically all that artwork and everything is goes into the fantasy side of things. Um, the sci-fi stuff tends to look more abstract, um, numbers-based, and actually Twilight Imperium is not significantly better on that front, but it's got tons of minis and sculpts. And It's a lot harder to put out a sci-fi game, especially trying to think of something different. Yeah, The fantasy elements are so there, dwarves, humans, and elves, and all the you know demon creatures and things like that. It's you know copy and paste kind of thing, but a, a really innovative sci-fi game is really tough. Yeah, like Cosmic Encounter, I'd love to have that too. Sure. Because the artwork in that's amazing, and you really feel the alien theme of it. Yeah. But it's one of the few games that pulls that off. It's true. You know, trying to find a really alien type of alien where you kind of look at it and go, I haven't seen something like this ever before. Yeah. And then just the whole experience of Twilight Imperium, I've only ever heard good things. Whether we ever played it more than once, I have no idea, but... That's, I, I just want to do it. That's like even that huge, like, the coffin box, right? Like, yes. It's giant. <laughs> and it's still in a coffin box from Fantasy Flight, so you know it's big because oh. they like to they like to compact it. I was going to say, everything else got cut down in size but that game. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's the coffin box for the main game, and then all the expansions come in, like, the full, like, one and like a half by one and a half box. box yeah. yeah. And then there's a couple other games in that universe, too. I think one's Rex, which is the reskin of Dune. Mm. Yeah, Let's I try that, too. Yeah. So that's been on my list for a while. I don't know when that'll happen, but probably once my painting queue gets a little lower, I'll <laughs> take that one off. That would be berserk to get thing. That looks humongous. Yeah, it does. It's like when you see that box wrapped, it's either that or a car that you got for Christmas. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's like the size of those like matchbox things you get when you're like eight years old that take up half the living room. Yeah, like I mean, that when we saw like the first, like the same size box with the uh, the old Rune Wars oh, when they saw yeah. the mountain inserts. I was like, oh my god, there's so much game in this. I think that was the reason why you wanted that game, because of the mount- the 3D mountains. Yeah, there's only so many games that still come in the coffin box, right? There's Twilight Imperium, Horus Heresy. Yeah, it's anything. they cut down on quality components, and they remove a few unnecessaries to cut down the price, but... Yeah. War of the Ring? Uh, War of the Ring? It's like in between. Yeah, that one that one almost made my list actually, but it's two players, so that's tough. Yeah, like I would love to play War of the Ring, but it's like the same price as Twilight Imperium. It only plays two people. Yeah, plus you got the battle lore on there for your one on one. Exactly. Like I already have so many two player games. Some of them really long. Like I don't need another one. But maybe if you see the Hobbit movie, you'll think. I know it's it's a toss up, but (laughs) no more sci fi. Get get the hero clicks, uh, Lord of the Rings. You'll be fine just with the. (laughs) We'll just fake the movie from that. Yeah, that's true. All right, so uh, Dan, what do you want? All right, so um, one thing that's on my list is I've been thinking more and more about Malifaux. Like, I love Heroclix. I like that I'm playing a miniature combat game, but Malifaux sounds like the more and more I hear about it, like this nightmare worldscape and the soul gems and the the style of the world, they got the RPG coming out. I I actually would love to get, like, a Malifaux, like, kit. Like, I wouldn't mind, like, a starter army, a rule book, even, like, the RPG book or something. Because it sounds like a fantastic fantasy world that has like a bit of the steampunk, things of nightmares, supernaturals. I love all that stuff. So that's something I would love to get. Be even better if I got enough to be able to play with somebody else and do two player. <laughs> but you know, that, that's like one of the hopefuls. The second thing on my list is a game that I remember when I first heard about. I got doped up. Chris, I showed you the box, and you're like, I think I would hate this. 
and that is Archipelago. It's the game that it's the timeline for like playing a five-player game is anywhere from thirty minutes to four hours, <laughs> and the reason is because each player is dealt goals and game end cards. And just like Suburbia and everything else, where you have those secret goals, where if you do it, you score. In this game, first, second, and third person to do it gets points. So you might get the goal of, you know, like, build, like, the most road, like uh, temples or, like, you know, have the most mines. But somebody else might have the game-ending card of game ends when ten mines are built or game ends when the fifth temple is built. So the game might be racing towards the end and you don't know. Or it might go on forever because someone might have built five temples, but nobody has the temple gold card, so nobody does it. It just sounds really interesting. It's another game comes with a bazillion components. You lift that box up, you know you're getting tons of game. I love the idea of it. I know some people don't like that you can't bank on having this many turns to build your engine, but it sounds cool. And the best thing in the world is it also has a component where the game can end for everybody, where if you have enough rebels going on, and the rebels overtake the archipelago that everyone's driven out, and it just ends in anarchy. So you might be playing for two and a half hours, and then just everyone flatlines. <laughs> so that sounds awesome. I love the way this game sounds. It looks so cool. And then the number one on my list, My Little Pony, the collectible game. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. I didn't know you were a brony. I can't even say it with a straight face. That came out, and then I just realized it's time to weep for You're humanity. You're going to get that now. You're going to get it. <laughs> I said it, so Santa now heard it. Yeah. And uh, my number one is no surprise to anyone that has seen me in the last month, which is Amerigo. That game is so cool. I love all the components. It's something I can break out for even casual gamers because it just plays so fluidly. I loved it in a review. I've been coveting getting a copy. I've been looking high and low. Cannot find a Kickstarter edition anywhere. I checked eBay, checked out the listing sites, checked on BoardGameGeek. I cannot find a Kickstarter copy. I can get my hands on a retail after embargo, but oh my god, I want those extra islands and everything. Yeah, that game would be on my list too if I didn't, if you didn't want it so much. Yeah, it, it is. Oh, it's like it, taking up fifty percent of my conscious thoughts every day now. <laughs> <laughs> the cubes, where did they go when they drop in the tower? Where? It's like I'm just like missing my mouth when I eat. Going, man, if I can, if I can just go to the market and swap in some of the coins, get the sugar, and then build this up in the economy ladder. Like I'm thinking of strategies for the next time I play, even though it's gonna be God knows when. <laughs> but yeah, that game is just without a doubt my favorite. You know, the close, the close second for uh, the first place is of course any game that has a fancy flight logo on it. I would just take one of everything that they ever made. That would be That's pretty cool. Yeah, that would be pretty good. I would take that as a second choice of America. So, but, but yeah, that's that's my list for like in a nutshell. Just dying to get those, you know, like some of those bigger game plays, like something nice and easy, something long and complex, and just something to check out the new genre of miniature combat. Figure cover the gambit. Yeah. If we get even ten percent of this list, though, we're gonna have games to play until March. Minus anything new that comes out. Yeah, I mean, if I only get 10% of an Amerigo set, I'd be pretty sad. <laughs> Here's a couple of cubes and a boat. <laughs> but Here's <yeah>. the dice <laughs> tower. That's it. No dice. I'd be able or to no be cubes. able to... I figure I'll make my own board at that point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just need a tower that holds a few things. But yeah, so hopefully we'll, we'll find some of these nice little surprises under the tree this year. Get a few new things to break out. Yeah, next episode you will know probably what we got. Yeah. And my goal is, I figure, since we all know that you know we're getting some new games for Christmas, between now and then, only playing the stuff that we currently got, I don't even want to learn a new game, and I'm just going to play nothing but expansion stuff. Some of those second summoners, got that Garden Dice deck a while ago, play some Garden Dice with that, see how that is. I'm just looking into what, what we got for our current games when we got like expansions and we never really checked into them too much. Yeah. Figure get some of that on, enjoy, you know, Yeah, classics. you were asking last night, like, what we wanted to get out by the end of the year. Yeah. yeah, I figured it'll be really good if we can each get in like one of our favorite games one more time before uh, year close. Yeah, that'd be cool. Rune Wars. Yeah, Rune Wars. You can finally get into your first battle. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, that'd be awesome. Is it like Talisman? Uh, at times it feels like that, where it's like, well, if I go here, I'm ruined, and if I go there, I'm ruined. <laughs> so I'll take the one on the left. <laughs> so it's got the misery part, <laughs> the gameplay, nothing at all. But <laughs> it has tiny little cards, so that'll feel good does not sound like talisman at all <laughs> no no it's yeah it's kind of not at all like talisman Boo hiss. i'll pass no i'm joking no, you'll no I'll, do, I'll try it we'll out even let I... you, we'll let you choose your race first so you can at least be is there happy. a purple race yes yes what's there the purple is. race the undead. undead i'll take them 
I'll watch from afar since I'm not playing the undead. Be uh. <laughs> Dan and Kim as the undead against <laughs> everyone else. Yeah. All right. So that is uh, that's our Christmas list this year. If you're listening and you have these games or publish these games or know somebody who does, you know, we're on Staten Island. We like games. We have car. We will travel. Yeah, we'll come get it. Yeah, and I'm not even asking for the uh, the Kickstarter game as a Christmas gift. I will give you cash money for that thing. I just want it. <laughs> I am willing to make this a business transaction. There will be no Yuletide spirit. There will be no <laughs> brotherly love. I just give me that game. I will give you a fistful of money. We will call it square. <laughs> Brian didn't take the offer, so someone's got to do someone's it. Someone's got to. Somebody's got to need 100 bucks. Come on, man. <laughs> Well, we hope you you have a Merry Christmas and you get all those little games for good gamers and good podcast boys and girls out there. I certainly hope so. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's everything for this week. This is our last episode up before Christmas. So from all of us, uh, Merry Christmas. Hope you have a, well, we'll talk to you before the new year. But uh, have a great holiday. Hopefully you can get some of your family to the table, play some of the games you've got or that you pick up from under the tree. Um, that's everything for this week. This is Anthony. This is Dan. This is Kim. And this is Chris. And until next time, we'll save you a seat at the table. All right, so what are we going to play? I'm thinking... Tell us, baby. What? What? Who's that? that? <laughs> I, think, I think it was Santa. I think it was a, a poltergeist. Oh. Okay. He's following you. Thumbs down to Talisman. Okay. I'll take that card out. That's a dodge. We got seven <laughs> days until the next recording of the podcast. We might be able to finish Talisman before we record. You ready to play? <laughs> Depends on how you play. We'll break out the guest room. We'll order a couple of pizzas. You guys will be fine. Yeah. Call my Hope wife. Let <laughs> okay. my job know. Like, I don't really need this job. <laughs> Hope your die rolling hands is ready, friends, because you got a bazillion D6 to run. Was this 120 minutes? No, it was 120 days. <laughs> what? The movie 28 Days Later was originally about the first game of television. There you go. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> Way to pitch it. <laughs> what else do we got want to play? I just, I just absolutely love all that. Using the Reaper. It's like, we're going to have the Reaper. He's going to chase after you. Never landed on anyone. Never killed anyone. He Never did close. That. Yeah, he kept walking by people going, that just left. My favorite thing is you can go on to the story. Every time I'm just like, what's up, man? He's like, oh, it's not my turn. <laughs>